2: This is
0: Radio Wave Maginomics with your host, a friend of Megagoria.
2: It was a lady who said at the beginning of August. Pray to your children for the plans of peace. For my plans of peace. Decipher peace and fight against evil and sin. What does that mean? Fight against evil and sin. And what does it mean when all comes on the twenty fifth? because Satan wants to destroy my plans which I have here and steal your peace it's an incredible thing an incredible thing for a lady to say to pray for my intentions and us to have what we can't see but already can and be told about the activity behind this unseen forces of good and evil we can reason it out we can know it but we still have some speculative thought, well, is it really accurate? Are we seeing things in the correct way? But we've got the mother, the queen of heaven, coming and telling us what Satan's wants are and what is his wants to destroy my plan. What is her plan? A plan of peace. Can you imagine what she sees in all the demons in hell and the lectures, the schemes, the scenarios he plans, that she could see that, but at the same time is he allowed to see in heaven her schemes, her holy plans, having the angels and the people before God's throne interceding, and praying with her. This is cataclysmic. It's much bigger than we can imagine. You have to enter into these things. What is his wants? How, do he, how is his plans working? What is he has he has to have a plan to be against the plan? So you have strategies in heaven. And a lady's not coming without saying what a a strategy. When she says, pray for my intentions, you can say, pray for my strategies. Because while she's got an intention she presents for God, that intention is a strategy of how to defeat Satan and her plan be instituted. What is a strategy? Come to a little village, convert a few people. Those little few visionaries convert the village. The village converts the region. The region converts the nation, the nation, the world. And one of those strategies has a lot to do with economics because there's nothing that touches everybody on earth, not even the Catholic Church, like money does. We're 1.2 billion people. The Muslims are behind us, a million or so. I'd rather 1.2 billion. The Muslims are behind us with a billion. Hindus, I think, are right behind that. Of course, that's Catholic Church, but you add the other Christians to it, we're headed probably toward two billion. So affecting just the church, while there is repercussions of lack of holiness that affects the whole world, nothing will affect it like an economic collapse or money or commerce. And it's proven by Satan's plan to rule at the end to the Antichrist that no one will be able to buy nor sell. Except by being marked by the beast. And so he wants this economy to fall. And there's a judgment for it to fall. The thing is, as I did say, everything has fallen apart. Why is it then that you will want to be a part of something that's fallen apart? Get away from that part that's going to crash. And build into a new system, a new way of life, which Our Lady gives us. A way of life and a new time. That's what we're called in the community for. That's what Our Lady established the community for. That's why she asked for it. That's why she's guided so strongly that we can beget other communities. Not just physically. First, uniting spiritually. Being over the same mind, same thought then our physical needs are met with the same mind and the same thought. If you don't get it unity-wise, spiritually first, you'll never get the physical. So we can't focus on, well, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. Do that. We've spent our years in the beginning of, of Caritas just coming together in unity and oneness and, and getting rid of our thoughts the way we thought things that should be done. So we came at a meeting point, which was the messages of Our Lady, to give us a slant on the scriptures, both the Old and New Testament, of how we're to live as a people, and let everything form physically around us, underneath that grand that grand foundation of what Elohim is doing with her strategies, which is her intentions before God's throne, to implement a plan for the salvation of the world. The Satan implements his plans and his strategies, strategies to undo, and his is dissension, and his is debt. His is agitation. We have Frank with us in the studio today live, and uh, which is always better than on the phone. Frank?
3: Yeah, it, it's uh, great to be here. And um, we had a special retreat in our community.
2: In the, Georgia, 12-star community.
3: Yeah, 12-star in Georgia. And the the things that we were able to see, of course, a friend of Medjugorje came there with some community members to... Uh, for the special retreat. And you could see in community that how much more you can do. It is like manna coming down from heaven. And you can see that uh, part of our lady's plan and an important part of her plan was after they fired the first shot, 2012 was written. And in that book were to form constitutional small prayer groups in order to form community. So in what our lady says is after the book was uh, written, after these words had been written, our lady comes here on the vigil feast of our independence day and says, I want you to form prayer groups and we will pray for your healing and the healing of this nation to turn to God and to, to me so that this nation will have God and and her. And now she comes and says to pray for my intentions because Satan wants to destroy her her plans and wants to steal your peace. And so I heard an interview this week with Jim Rickard and he was uh, hired by the Pentagon and the CIA because his study of the economy can show where we're most vulnerable in our defenses. And he said, by far, we're more vulnerable economically to have our peace stolen than any other than any other way we're vulnerable
2: was that in reference to isis and and everything going on
3: It's in reference to the dollar he his first book was currency wars his second book was the death of the dollar
2: but and, he, he's saying our uh, the greatest grave danger of the United States of America is economic, not terrorist that's right not China, not Russia.
3: It, it far exceeds. It far exceeds any of those things, and so he said that that we could have an economic collapse. And this is somebody that was involved in in the hostage crisis in Iran in 1981. He's even been able to predict terrorist attacks from economic indicators. And, and hired by the Pentagon, the CIA says that we could collapse within six months.
2: When is, when is this dated? When
3: was this, this? was, I just, this was, this was recently came out. His book was, I think, April 2014, The Death of the Dollar. And so it's, it's been, it's been since his book, but we know part of our lady's plan. And, and you can see when we have this meeting is to form these prayer groups. So to form community, because you can do so much more in community. We're called to this. Uh, this is a very important part of our plan and we need more time. And so this is this is what it spoke to me, seeing these economic indicators that this could destroy her plan if for the dollar to be destroyed. And, and just to, to cover a little bit of what Jim Rickard was saying is, is that Russia now is selling dollars. China, foreigners are big holders of of our debt and um, and they're selling. He's saying that the Fed's balance sheet is leveraged 77 to one. They're the buyer of our de- the last resort, and they don't have any room to buy anymore. The,
2: head, Bel- the hedge doesn't.
3: The Fed the Fed doesn't.
2: Oh, the Fed doesn't.
3: the Fed doesn't. And so he's saying Belgium is is uh, the large buyer of our treasury now, way beyond the scope of their economy. Why would that be? Because somebody's somebody's Pro- propped up Belgium. Yeah, somebody's buying it. It it for them to to prop up the dollar,
2: so the but, Fed, the Federal Reserve's probably got Bells Belgians. say, hey, you need to do this, and we're mm-hmm. going to help you. With this we're going to slide mm-hmm. silver, or go to or whatever. Mm-hmm. You'd think,
3: yeah, but it but it's but it's very serious when it, we're getting to a point. He's saying that it's stretched so big that the, that there's so much debt that has to um, come to the market in order to hold this up that it's literally at the point of collapse. It it, it gets to this size and it's literally at the point of collapse. And that's why Our Lady comes saying how important her plans and and from what we've seen from this conference, the most important thing is that we're forming these prayer groups to form community and to let Our Lady lead us. She the the whole you know retreat was Our Lady leading, and it was very much she she spoke to me. Unless the Lord builds the house. Those who build labor in vain, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. We can't do anything to protect ourselves. We protect ourselves by protecting Our Lady's message by praying for her intentions. And one of the, that was one of the themes that um, you, one of the things you said you'd always tell your kids is that look out for for others, and there'll always be somebody looking out for you. But you first, you don't look out for yourself. You care about you care about others first. And that's how it reciprocates. And that's how you take care of yourself. So the most important thing that, you know, our lady's calling her apostles to do is to form these prayer groups, to form community, to be where she's calling you to be. And in this way, we can reach so many more people than we, than you could imagine. It's so much bigger than I had any, uh, it, it, it was in my thinking. It was, so it's way beyond any one of us. And you see how much you can do in community, as, as this community has done here, uh, tremendous things. Where where would we be? And and this community of of course is uh, is unique because when I read Revelations eighteen that talks about this this fallen Babylonian system, our our dollar, our fiat money system, and it calls us to come out of her, so we don't share in her inequities, so we don't share in her plagues, and and really. The, the last three writings are so important to this. The first thing we need to do to come out of her is to reject this idea that we can live as, as the pagans and buy and sell on Sunday. We have to reject this idea. It's written in, look what happened while you're sleeping. We have to come out of the dollar system. My, my goodness, no one thought silver would be below $20 ever again. This is when it ain't going to happen was released in 2010. And around this time in 2010, silver was about exactly where it is now. Under twenty dollars, and it went by two thousand and eleven. April was is fifty dollars, and so uh, silver's at a five thousand year low. And one of the other things Jim Rickard said was the Dow is at a level that's twice as high as the nineteen twenty nine peak before the crash. I think he said the Dow's two hundred and three percent of GDP. It was eighty seven percent in twenty nine. It's higher than it was at the peak in two thousand seven it's where we were when the tech bubble burst in 2000 and so you have the dow in the stratosphere you have the dollar fundamentally in the stratosphere and you have silver at a 5000 year low and the other way to come out of her is conversion and that's why the miraculous metal that's why no other silver we want to come out of this system but we want to we understand it's a moral problem and what our lady spoke to me and and spoke to the community is the, the most important thing she keeps telling us is is prayer form and prayer your conversion is import, important form prayer groups and we'll pray for your healing and the healing of 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 this nation but first our healing has to come first and we have to change ourselves first in order for anything to happen
2: let me let me go back to Jim Rickers Jim Rickers yeah uh, to put that in perspective, because it doesn't make sense that the economy is still chugging along. And really, we're eating, we're sheltered, we have everything, we have the poor being taken care of. People say it's not, but the, the, half, the, half the nation's on food stamps. So everything is working, but it doesn't make sense that it's working because of the way all these numbers you're talking about and the, where everything is, the 5000 year low. Uh, none of this makes any sense. But at the Noah the Flood, there was a, a big welcoming party by Satan. And this welcome party was, was uh, a, a great joy for him to all those people on the earth who went to hell when the flood started and they all drowned. Doesn't mean everyone went to hell. Some of them could have made it to heaven. Of course, it wasn't at that time Christ hadn't come, so they entered, they'd be in a place of waiting. But certainly they probably were people that were, they had love in the heart and they did make it. You say, well, the whole world was wicked. Well, it is. The whole world wicked today doesn't mean there's some pockets and some people here and there. But when a mentality is so twisted, even somebody that's ignorant or a pagan who has love in their heart, because God is love, you've got that, that's your ticket to make it. And if you're trying to do virtue and practice virtue, even if you're erred because you don't have the knowledge, because your mentality has been swayed by, by, by the whole society or, or the civilization you're in, doesn't mean you're consigned to hell. But for the most part, yeah, people were wicked, and people didn't. There was a big party in hell because there was huge numbers went there. Even Visca says most go. Most people go to purgatory. Second most to hell. Very few go directly to heaven. So even in purification, these kinds of things happen. But the whole world has to be purified because the mentality of everybody, even those who make, make salvation through their love and through their um, hearts being in the right state. Of Of wanting a God that they may not have the knowledge of still the mentality is in that that the whole world has to be purified even with those people, and so we're there we got Christianity filled with bad mentalities, and so if we had this financial collapse that's, that's coming, and this guy's talking about we've been talking about since started i've been talking about for twenty thirty i thirty years forty years. It, it didn't add up to me. I saw this was going the wrong direction. And because of that, suppose just one week before God sealed up the ark and the hinges wasn't finished or whatever Noah's last vestiges of, of completing the ark had to take place, get the animals on there. Just one week's difference would have been catastrophic. Satan would have stole the plan. He would have hijacked it and he would have stopped the human race. Just those eight people. And so it doesn't make any sense that we went decades knowing one building the Ark, everything was so bad, something's going to happen, something's going to happen, something's going to happen. They see that the building the Ark should have happened a long time ago. It's true. But God had to sustain, allow the evil to be sustained, that he was putting under judgment, just like the financial situation has to be sustained, even though it's so corrupt and so bad and everything's so messed up, that his people to give them time to do what they need to do in building the ark and get getting on the ark. And that ark is our lady and her way of life. And so we're not ready here at Caritas for it. And there's no question, there's no There's no sound reason anybody can give that we're continuing. It's just not, except one thing, God has not sealed the door up yet. And he's given his elect, his people who are following a lady, who believe and follow, even if they don't understand, the time to make the decisions, and that's why you got to get all your assets, get everything, and put it in the Marcus Motors go around. Not for the purpose of saving it, but you can make that decision today. But your real decision is your plot of land, your place, your place of heaven, uh, a, a haven, not heaven. You have to have that, but you can't. You got to be focused on the steps it takes. And we're locked in this debt scene. Everybody can't even make the decision. And a lot of people through this show have gotten out of debt. A lot of people who had money that were in debt had the money to get out of debt, but they wasn't because they were investing in hedges and whatever else they were doing to realize, hey, I need to downsize my house from I think it was a ten thousand square foot house somebody had. They did down downsized to two thousand, which is still very comfortable. There were seven hundred thousand there were four hundred thousand dollars of debt. He was making seven hundred thousand dollars a year. Didn't make sense. And so our read is just exactly about that. The system of debt and what we accept because we won't is an addiction that our ladies come in here to break away from material things because everything's tied to that.
4: This was written by Jeff Rose, sent in by someone. I'm, so I'm not sure exactly where it's from, but it's called Debt Killed My Dad, Learned From His Mistakes, and Mine. According to his death certificate, my dad died of a heart attack. His health had been deteriorating for some time, so it wasn't a total surprise. He gained weight and was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. He had two bypass surgeries, one triple, one quadruple. It wasn't hard to understand why he had heart problems. His his diet was unhealthy. He didn't get enough exercise, and he was constantly under stress. We thought there wasn't much any of us could have done. In retrospect... There was one area where I might have been able to help, though at the time I didn't think about it in those terms. His financial health deteriorated more than his physical health, and that was one of the primary sources of stress. It wasn't his heart attack, or it wasn't his heart alone that killed him. It was his debt. My dad racked up credit card debt faster than a NASCAR driver at Daytona, and he never could get his spending habits in check. Just as you can spot the indicators of heart trouble, there are plenty of signs something was wrong with his finances. He took cash advances on one card to make payments on another. He took out a second mortgage just to make minimum payments on his credit cards, all of which had interest rates in the 20% to 30% range. He constantly worried about how he would scrape together enough money to pay his bills. I saw the stress of his debt weighing on him. I have no doubt much of the reason he gained so much weight in the first place was because he was gravitating toward unhealthy comfort food to help him forget the stress and the emotional drain from constantly worrying about money robbed him of the initiative to exercise. One of my biggest regrets, which I shared in my book, Soldier of Finance, is that I never had the courage to confront my dad about his debt. I think somehow I believed things would just work themselves out. They didn't. If you know someone who is struggling with debt, there are signs that you can watch for and things that you can do. Here are three indications that they are headed for unnecessary and dangerous stress. Number one, they're constantly fretting about how they will pay their bills. You can tell when it has become a problem for someone you know. For one thing, it creeps into their conversation. They begin making comments that allude to their desperation. Watch for other signs. I can remember walking into my dad's house and seeing a list of credit card debts next to his computer. It was clearly on his mind. Worry is difficult to hide. Number two, they use credit to pay for credit. If someone is using one credit card to pay the minimum payment on another or taking out a cash advance on a card to make a payment, there are multiple problems. First, making minimum payments doesn't usually reduce the balance on a card in any significant way. The lion's share goes to paying interest. By using another card to make the payment, you're only adding to your total debt, making future minimum payments even higher. It's a no-win cycle. Number three, they frequently borrow money, sometimes from you. When they ask, it always sounds like an opportunity for you to help. The loan will solve their problems, and take the pressure off by allowing them to consolidate their bills into one payment, which will allow them to return your money to you. The problem is that it never works out that way. I once loaned my dad $8,000 to help him pay off some debt. Not only did he run up new debt as fast as he paid off the old, but when he realized that he couldn't pay me back, he took out a life insurance policy with me as the beneficiary. Instead of eliminating debt, he added another monthly payment. If a close friend or relative exhibits these symptoms, there are things you can do. Here are three suggestions to get you started. Number one, gently confront them with your concerns. Do your best to keep from sounding judgmental by emphasizing that you are concerned about the stress their financial habits put on your relationship, and more importantly, the danger to their health. It won't be easy, but if you really care about them, be honest with them. Number two, Stop enabling. When my grandmother passed away, both my dad and I inherited some money. True to form, dad wanted to borrow my share to pay off his debts and planned to pay me back in monthly installments. My girlfriend, who later became my wife, confronted me the way I should have confronted my dad. It won't help him, and it won't help you, she said bluntly. She was right, and I knew it. It was the first time I ever told my dad no, and it was the hardest thing I ever had to do, but it had to be done for his sake and for mine. Learn to say no. Don't even agree to co-sign a loan. You'll only add to the problem. Number three, offer real help, not loans. This might be as involved as sitting down with them and helping organize bills, develop a plan for debt reduction and help them stick to it. But at the very least, you can't introduce them to a financial advisor to help them get things under control. Above all, offer your in- Encouragement and support, changing lifelong habits is never easy, but it can be done. I wish I had spoken to my dad early on. I never did, but I believe I have learned from both of our mistakes. I hope you will, too. Don't wait or sit back silently hoping something will change. Become an agent of change. When you see the warning signs, speak up.
2: One of the best things my parents ever did for me is they didn't do anything for me financially. When I was in need, they didn't help. They didn't co-sign for a car. We had, I had to scrounge. I had to figure out how to get over the wall myself. And when it was too tall to go over, I had to figure out how to go around the right side of it. And if that was blocked in a corner, I had to go left or go under it. And if I ran into the wall and couldn't get over it, I had to get back up. The best thing my parents ever did for me was to do nothing for me financially. Never. And you got parents think they got to help the kids. You got to do this or you got to give them that. You're messing them up. And this probably roots back to his childhood, this man. Credit cards are a sin. Credit cards are dangerous. It's part of our real care times. We don't have personal credit cards. If you're a huge company and you got fuel trucks out there, you're doing something like that, or that's another thing, maybe. But even they, if they don't manage that right, can get in trouble. But for somebody to have a personal one and use it in this way, and they don't have money or means to even do it, and they use It's incredible. I've heard people say, well, I don't have money to go buy a birthday gift for somebody now, and then we'll use a credit card. Then don't buy it. Just tell the people, sorry, I'm, I, I can't buy you something, but I'll give you, I'll pray for you. That's the best thing I can give you. We've got this whole mentality that if we don't have it, we've got to go borrow it to get it. It's wrong. It's inornate wants. It's materialism. If God hadn't provided for you to be in a position to get what you need to get, then you just don't do it. But people don't even have the mentality well, I got to drive a car. I got to do this. Take a bus. There's ways around it. You just got to figure it out. I know one time I asked my mother for $600. Once I got in business, I was in a tight, I needed to do something. And I know she could have squeezed it out and done it. And I remember her standing by the washing machine. She says, No, I'm not going to do it. And I was really upset about it because I was working very hard, long hours. I wasn't a south, I wasn't sleeping in, which a lot of parents tell their kids to sleep in. You should never do that. It's a horrible thing to do. You destroy your kids for life. They'll carry this habit on into the adulthood and never learn the discipline. Many people don't put in a kids' convictions, they don't put them in principles. Bear down on your children instill principles into them so they'll know what they mean that they possess these things that can turn these principles to virtuous things and the moral order. There's something that's lacking today. The people, all they want to think they're supposed to do is love their kids and clothe them, shelter them, and feed them. You're crazy. No, you bear down on them. You have expectations of them. Are then like this guy who just borrows and borrows and borrows. And he becomes a slave. And that's the whole country. That's why we have spoiled brats, complete savages running around Missouri stealing stuff. These people have no virtue. They have no logic. Uh, They have no rational reason to be out there. Call them what they are. They might as well be in the jungle because that's what they are. Any good person with any virtue will never be out in the streets tearing things up. There should be no recognition that we understand that. There's no understanding of that except savagery. And so we have a whole populace, a whole people, a whole generations of people. Now that have been given everything. The parents don't, the the government gives them everything. And we've got a big problem, big, big problem. So everything in the world is falling apart. So you need to be apart from it, depart from it. And that's what medgenomics is about. Especially with your kids, don't, don't help them. Let them earn it. You hear people over and over and over say, you know, I had to work my way through school. I had to do this. I had to earn my own keep. You think that hurts them? No, you're helping them by not doing anything. You're hurting them by doing something for them. You say, well, I want to help them or if I feel sorry for them. You damage them. So what we set up as far as making decisions to get apart from things it's an immediate thing that can be done, which is turning whatever your retirements are, whatever funds you have, into the miraculous metal measure around, which is a spiritual thing because when that when that's dispensed, that brings conversion. So I set Frank up to get arms length from us not being in the silver business, that he would handle that part as a ministry. And there's been how many rounds sold the one, just the one ounce piece
3: well we're over 1.5 million ounces and over 2 million miraculous metal medgori rounds with fractionals so um more than any other specialty round I know on earth and uh the opportunity now is just tremendous i no one thought that we no one thought we'd see these prices so it becomes very easy especially when everything else is high and You know, this easy way that you talk about that, uh, you know, we had more struggle than this when we were kids in the 60s. Money was still real. We had a gold backing and we had, you know, uh, some measure. And and then Our Lady comes and says, you've built civilization as if without God. You know, she's talking about this, this you know, Babylonian idea of just unmeasured, uh, you know, and so that, that's why kids, uh, you know, um, things that, th- things just come too easy, and and this is what Revelation is talking about: to come out of her, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues, for her sins are heaped up as high as heaven, and God has remembered her inequities.
2: Well, the 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 whole plan though is to safeguard what you have, those assets you have in cash that you can turn into silver, but that shouldn't even be kept. You know, your whole, your whole race is to get apart from the system, get your land, do what you need to do, form community, form programs. groups. They find the first shot. The whole thing now, we're connecting people all across the country right now. People are signing up and getting them into prayer groups. You start there. You start, th- there's immediate actions you can be taking to do these things. And you don't need to wait any longer because God's got the time. He's going to go so far. And then he'll say, Noah, we'll seal the, the door of the ark. And so it's not the purpose to destroy everybody. It's the purpose to destroy the system that's not of God, and all systems not of God. And then our lady says, my plan of peace is for those who will be not unscratched, not that we won't suffer, but they'll be the continuators of what's going to happen. I mean, Noah had a mess when he got off the ark. Everything was mud. You think he just grew crops and everything was perfect? He didn't start killing animals. He killed off whole, whole species. You know, let's go kill this and eat this. You know, there, there, there was. I'm sure they struggled after that. But one thing they had, can you imagine, that they knew they were the only people in the world. One thing I felt in the tragedy on the morning of 9/11, and the next day, and the next day, when we were doing the rosary, I can't. I, the feeling was incredible. We had an incredible feeling of peace. Everything was still. No, no vapors uh, streaks in the air. No planes. No noise. People weren't even driving down the road. Everybody was at home. And the feeling of peace was was a contradiction with the tragedy. And this is what's coming. Everybody right? says she had a plan of peace, and when the system goes down, we're going to have peace, same time we'll have a suffering with it. So peace doesn't mean the peace, man's peace. Peace is united to God. And the whole nation was united to God, even those who were, didn't know any better. They, remember the 9-11 night, they talked about people going to all the churches, overflowing, holding hands together. An incredible thing. So we live in an exciting moment. Decisions do, do need to be made at this moment, and you need to give your inf- contact information if you want to talk to Frank about this exchange.
3: Yeah, you can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can uh, email us at investors at com in our um, soon-to-be-revamped Website is globalsilverinvestors.com, and we're working on that diligently, and we should have a, a, a new uh, website up in a few weeks. And we're going to be doing a lot to uh, spread the devotion and the carrying of the miraculous medal. We pray for the salvation of all those carrying the miraculous medal. And uh, this is a tremendous opportunity as, uh, as the last three writings are, are what we need to do. And so spread this this message and particularly form small prayer groups this is the supernatural grace for getting to hold this together and I, that's what i see in this message that how we defend from satan destroying our lady's plans is we form small prayer groups to form communities to help her spread her message so that that she can so that god and her can be more part of this nation and this world
2: And I'll finish with the thought about the two million pieces of silver out there, most of them over a million and a half are one-ounce rounds, going on, what, $80 million or almost a tenth of a billion dollars, a tenth of a billion dollars, headed toward that. That's something to say. Uh, Frank just said it's the most uh, popular specialty round in the world. And we just, I designed this thing up in 20 minutes, gave it to our, graphic design department. We, I honed it up, and special, uh, polished it up is what I call it up, and punch it up, make it a little bit better. And it was not a lot of time put into it. And you know us from God and something like that this takes off, that it was responsible for the first year, 2% of all cornage sales in the world. We're just a little pulled up place over here in Alabama. How does that happen? Except we aligned ourselves with the messages, came in tune and harmony with it, and we did something And put America's medal on wealth that's intrinsically valuable. And God blessed it. There's no other reason. There's no other reason when you got somebody putting $700,000 of their retirement money and their savings into these rounds, and some even much more than that, and some only $50,000 or $20,000. God blessed it. And God blessed it because there was an alignment with my thought, with the messages. That we teach from here, with our life living it, in a way of life, because silver's not our way here. The ground is, we grow grass, cow eats grass, we eat cow. That's the principle for everything. Be it a pig, be it your milk, your chickens, whatever. And your kids, they birth, they drink milk, they drink cow's milk, they eat beef, they grow up. It's just a simple principle. Go back to the roots of how things are supposed to work. It's simple, it's clean, and it's full of peace. So until next time, which is the second of the month, coming up what day is this coming uh, Sunday?
4: This
0: coming Tuesday.
2: This coming Tuesday. We'll, you'll hear from us again. It's exciting, anticipating the day in our our messages, and especially the times when everything is coming unglued. What will our lady tell us? Be praying for that. Pray for special intentions we have here at Caritas right now. Because we have some strategies that we're laying before God that's very, very critical and very important. And do not please forget the retooling. We need to close this out to get to the strategies that's coming that's going to cause untold conversions. In the meantime, we wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye.
4: This is the August twenty eighth, two 2014 Medianomics Show with a friend of Megagoria. To listen or download for free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. Go down to the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. To get a CD of this broadcast, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Ask for CD number CD-2217-MJ. Thank you for listening.